They pulled the nails from his feet and hands. They lowered him down that old cross. The only hope in a dying world, it seemed, is though all was lost. They laid him in a bar of tomb, rolled a stone against the door. But to the angels in hand, God gave this command, move the stone, and Jesus came forth, he still rolls the stone. Shackles by man's fallen state. The door was sealed by Satan's strong hand. There seemed no hope for escape. So dark and lonely was my life was there no hope now left for me all but grace lit the darkness I could see that old cross and in his nail scarred hands were You feel pretty good in here. You better buckle up this morning. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Judges chapter number 13. I feel some preaching coming on. Amen. I'm glad he rolls the stone away. Hallelujah. I'm glad he rolled the stone of sin away from my life, y'all. <laughs> Where I can be saved. Amen. Thank God when he saved me, cleaned me up. Set me on that solid rock. Pulled me out of that miry pit of sin. Going to look at an individual this morning caught up in some sin. And uh, it's not a glorious story. It's actually a tragic story. But if you got your Bibles, Judges chapter number 13. Let's look at verse number 1 and let's stand. Maybe look at this scripture a little bit differently today than what we normally would. But it's still the Word of God. It's still interpreted appropriately. The Bible says in verse 1, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines forty years. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God, very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told he me his name. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite of God, from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again unto the woman, as she sat in the field. But Manoah her husband was not with her. And the woman made haste and ran and showed her husband and said unto him, Behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. And Manoah rose and went after his wife and came to the man and said unto him, Art thou the man that spakest unto the woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child, and how shall we do unto him? And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. She may not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing, all that I commanded 
her let her observe. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee until we shall have made ready a kid for thee. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Thou, though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. I want to use this as a title. And a lot of times people can remember titles better than they can the message. But I want you to use both to remember the Word of God this morning. Simple, something you may have never heard before. His name was Sunshine. His name was Sunshine. Let us pray. Father in heaven, God, we do thank you. Count it an honor and a privilege to be here in your house this morning. Lord, we thank you for what we've already felt with the cool breeze of the Holy Ghost of God coming through. And Lord, I pray that you would bless each and every word that's said. And God, I pray that you'll anoint it, dear God. Lord, I pray if there's one here lost and undone, it'd be saved. Uh, Dear God, today before this service comes to a close, uh, God, reclaim that one that's done grown cold and backslid on you. Encourage the Christian to, Lord, uh, live a sanctified life before thee. Lord, be with us in a special way. I pray that you would bind the forces of the enemy tonight. Uh, Lord, help us to preach your word. In Jesus' name we do humbly ask. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Some are born to privilege. What I mean by that, they have many advantages. And although they may have been born with a silver spoon or a gold spoon in their mouth, all of their endeavors that they try to undertake, they can't seem to succeed. Then others are the complete opposite. They're born to nothing, they're born into nothing, but yet they rise above it all to great success. Samson was an example of the former. He was born at a special time in Israel's history. Seven times the nation of Israel had rebelled and backslid on God. This time it's the Philistines which God used to punish and oppress Israel for some 40 years. They were their worst enemy. The name Samson means sunshine. And in the darkest days of his nation's history, sunshine came into the world. He was going to be the one that's brought up and raised up to defeat the Philistines. He was a Nazarite. That word Nazarite means different, separated, or set aside. He was to have no wine or fruit of the vine. He couldn't come near or touch a dead body, whether that be an animal or a human. And he couldn't cut his hair. Some people try to make that an argument for today that a man should not cut his hair. But listen, we have one here being separated in the Old Testament as a Nazarite. There was a difference. The Bible still tells us in 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen, Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it's a shame unto him. What does that mean, preacher? Young men over have good haircut every once in a while. Amen. Well, Samson had been given great strength of the Lord. 
On one occasion, you can read here in the Scripture where he slew a thousand Philistines with just the jawbone of a donkey. On another, he lifted the gates of the city, put them on his shoulders and carried them up a hill. Then there was the time when he was confronted by a wild lion and he destroyed it with his bare hands. What do you think Samson looked like? You can look through the picture Bibles, or you can look through uh, photos of or drawings, if you will, uh, of Samson carrying those gates or defeating that lion with a dog with the jawbone of a donkey, and you can see it painted out as him looking like a Hercules type character. Or you can say, well, he must have looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Probably not. He was probably just an average man. And let me tell you why. How do you know, preacher? Because Delilah asked him the secret to his strength. Think about it. It wasn't obvious why he was so strong. It wasn't that he worked out at the gym seven days a week and and ate healthy. It wasn't because he was ripped from top to bottom. She didn't know where his strength was coming from. Although we know that in each case that you can study throughout the Word of God about Samson, there up to he got into some severe trouble, the Bible was saying the Spirit of the Lord was with him. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He was not only strong in body, but he was strong in mind, and he was strong in the Spirit. He was sharp-witted. He loved riddles and had a great sense of humor. No wonder his name was interpreted as Sunshine. He was a bundle of potential. And yet this is not a happy story. It ends up being a tragedy. He went from a hero to a zero. He went from victor to a victim. Words that can describe Samson at the end would be disobedient, defeated, disgraceful, and destructed. He was bold before men, but weak before women. He had the Spirit of God upon him, but he lived for the appetites of the flesh. He was called upon to declare war upon the enemies of God, those being the Philistines. But many times we find him fraternizing with the enemies, with the Philistine, the enemies of God. He fought the Lord's battles by day and broke the Lord's commandments by night. Sunshine was his name. Which speaks of light, yet he ended his life in darkness having his eyes poked out. At times he soared, Brother Damon, to incredible heights in his life, but he also sunk to incredible depths. If you had told Samson at the beginning of his life that uh, the way it would come to an end, he would not have thought of himself capable of going that far. That reminds us that there are three people in your seat today. Let me explain this clearly. Three people in your seat today. The person you are now. The person you could be for God. And the person you could be for Satan. Three people in your pew. 
Was Samson saved? I believe he was. I believe that with all my heart. Because Hebrews 11 mentioned him as a hero of the faith. We couldn't be in the faith hall of fame if we were not saved. If we didn't belong to God. But Samson had a high price for his low living. Let's look at some things here in the Word of God. Look at them closely. And I want you to see how the life of Samson began to decline. You see, Samson didn't come to a backslidden condition overnight. It was a process of things that began to happen in Samson's life. Brother Hap, we just don't wake up in the morning and be backslid on God. It just comes in phases. What do you mean, preacher? Well, folks, I can tell you, I can see them and they'll get saved and they'll be sitting on the front pew and they'll be excited about God and they'll be winning souls for Christ. They'll be coming to Sunday school. They'll be coming Sunday night, Wednesday night. Anything you ask them to do, they're there. They're wanting to, to get involved. And then all of a sudden, they start missing here and missing there. And... You know, I'm not talking about legitimate misses. I'm talking about, well, I'm just staying at home today. And see, they begin to uh, ease out. And then even when they come back to church, uh, after they start missing, you know, a Sunday night here and a Sunday school there and a a service there and a service here. Brother Damon, when they come in, they, they won't sit on the front no more. They won't sit a little ways toward the back. And then all of a sudden, uh, oh boy, I had a text message the other day that I read uh, uh, that was real scary. It was a lady in another church. Uh, a pastor showed it to me. He said, this lady used to be faithful in my church. Uh, uh, she used to be on fire for God. She used to do all the right things. Uh, but she sent me this text and said, Preacher, I won't be in revival this week because I'm getting together with some of my old friends and we've got some things we want to catch up on. That's bad. I looked at that, I said, that's trouble. Not trouble in his church. I'm talking about trouble in that young lady's life. Listen, when God saved me, He pulled me out of sin and gave me a new group of friends. I don't have to go back to the old ones that I had because I know what they are and I know what they'll bring me down to. And then all of a sudden, she'll be backslidden on God, completely out of the will of God and out the door. It happens. You gotta be careful who you hang around with. I want to look at Samson's life and I want you to see some of these things that are brought out to us and we'll have scripture to back it up, praise God. First of all, Samson began to dishonor his parents. The Bible tells us there, look in chapter number 14 of Judges. Chapter 14 and verse 1. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is never, is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among of All my people, then thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines. And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleased me well. 
Folks, I'm here to tell you, for our teens that are in this building here today, the Bible still says, Honor thy father, honor thy mother, that the days may be long upon the land which the Lord God hath given thee. That's in the New Testament as well in the book of Ephesians. Listen, we must honor mom and dad. No matter how sorry an individual can be. And listen, I know what it was like to have a sorry a family member that was a parent, if you will. I knew what it was like. Some of you knew what it was like. But yet the Bible still commands me to honor them. I've seen kids look up in the face of their parents and just tell them, I'll slap your jaws. I'd like to see one of my youngins slap my jaws. That belt be off so quick and on that rear end they'll be turning circles. As long as Miss Bradley wasn't around. Because she'd take them whippings for them. But I'm here to tell you the Bible still says honor them. Amen. Still says honor them. What does that mean? That says we ought to mind them. That's really what it's meaning. You know, I, I, I'm 40 years old. My mother's right there. I'm not going to tell you how old she is. And it don't really matter because I'm supposed to honor her. I'm supposed to listen to her. And so are you. If you're uh, blessed this morning and your, your parents are living, are we supposed to listen to that advice? Because, folks, they've been there. I can tell you right now, Jonathan Black probably is smarter than me. He comes out with all these big words that they studied in school and I have not a clue what he's talking about. I would not do good on are you smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> I'm taking college courses now. Damon's taking college courses now. And a lot of it's geared toward Bible. Mine mainly is. And yours, he may have some English and stuff like that. I'm not sure. But mine's all toward Bible. And boy, he sits down and he's got the, the square root of S-U-B plus W-A-Y. And I get Subway, you know. And I can be down there eating a sandwich. And he comes up with a number. I mean, you know, uh, uh, but, but the thing is, uh, he may have a little more intelligence uh, and smarts uh, growing up in school and getting infiltrated, and that's great. I am a big proponent of education. Get all you can get. I'm getting mine. Get all you can get. But listen, for me to tell you the square root of some number 14 miles long ain't going to help you in what I'm preaching to you this morning. All right? And it's not going to do me any good to know what a derivative is. How many knows what a derivative is besides Bubba and Jonathan? I knew you should have known. And a school teacher, of course. Look around you. All that stuff was for naught. Nobody knows nothing. <laughs> but my point is, they may be book smart. And they know, hey, hey they smart kids, Ricky. We know they smart. But the thing is, a lot of times they may not be as smart at life as they think they are. Why? Brother Harold, why do you keep talking to your daughters and your son-in-law? You've been there. You've done trod the road that they've trotted. But Samson began to get in trouble when he disobeyed his mother and father and the Lord because it was said that he would not have fellowship 
And boy, he's wanting to take upon a woman of a Philistine. The enemies of God. The, he's looking for trouble. Let me say this about a relationship right quick. A threefold cord is not easily broken. We had a song sung at our wedding. It takes three. Lord, it takes you, it takes her, and it takes me. You take away one of that three-part cord being God, and it's very easy for that cord to become untwined. Have Jesus in the center of it. Amen. And what happens when our children begin to dishonor our parents and turn a different direction? Uh, the thing is, they start going down the wrong road. They start hanging around with the wrong people. That's just exactly what's beginning to happen to Samson. Sunshine. Sunshine has done came in, Damon. He is wanting. He, they listen, they've already anointed him. He was going to defeat the Philistines. Oh, but he's starting to go the wrong direction. Oh, how many of you ever had mom or daddy, daddy to tell you, hey, listen, youngin, you, you stay away from that crowd. Don't you get involved in that crowd over there. they telling you that for a reason. That crowd will destroy you. It'll destroy your life. Samson dishonored his parents. But number two, Samson deserted his promise. Look at verse number five. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. Look at the very first part of that verse. And went, then went Samson down. Down is a geographical term, but it has more meaning to that than that to me. When you run from God, you're going down. When you're going down, you're going in an opposite direction of where you should be going. Read the story of Jonah. He went down over and over again until he ended up in the belly of the fish. The great whale, if you would. And the Bible also tells us there in that scripture, he went to the vineyards. You know what's in the vineyards? Wine. He shouldn't have went to the vineyards. He went to a place he wasn't supposed to. You say, oh preacher, but that's just a little thing. Yeah, but the Bible tells me this morning, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. It's when we are just flirting with sin that the slippery slope takes place. Don't you go down there, Samson. You're not supposed to go down to the vineyards. You're not supposed to have any wine put to your lips. Samson goes anyway. I don't know how many recovering alcoholics I've led to the Lord down through the years. And the first thing I tell them, don't you go where it's at. Don't you go where they sell it. Don't you go to where they can, you can smell it. Because you will eventually fall back into that trap until you get rooted in, rooted in the Word of God. Uh, until you get settled in the house of God and get some discipleship training under your belt. Uh, you'll go back to the old way of life if you're not very careful. Stay away from it. It's bad. That's what was being told to Samson. But yet, he deserted it. What was already told of him. Look at verse 6 through 9 in chapter 14. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid, and he had nothing in his hand. 
And he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman and she pleased Samson well. And after a time, he returned to take her and he turned aside to see the carcass of a lion. Remember, he wasn't supposed to be around anything dead, human or animal. See the carcass of the lion and behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother and he gave them and they did eat. But he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. That's more disobedience. He keeps violating his vows. He's losing his focus. He is sinning in high gear. And he's in a downward spiral. Headed down the wrong track. You see, it just starts progressing. You know when you're at your highest speed? When you're going down a hill? When you're at the bottom. He is on a fast track to destruction. Is this man called Samson? Samson reminds me a lot, uh, reminds me of Lot in the book of Genesis. In the end of the Lot story, he's committing incest with his daughters, giving birth to wicked nations, which may I say still plague this world today. And yet in the beginning, Lot was a Christian who not thought was capable of such things. How did it all start? Well, first of all, he lifted his eyes towards Sodom. He just looked in that direction. Then he headed that direction. Pitching his tent so he could look out at it all. And eventually he was right there in the gates and in the midst of sin. The deeper you go into sin, the deeper that you go into sin the more blind you get. Samson was blind long before his eyes were gouged out. He's already had the devil pull something over his eyes. He can't see the truth. He's being disobedient. He's being disobedient unto his calling. He is doing things that are bringing him to the wrong place in life. And he doesn't even realize it. Samson doesn't see it because he's been blinded by the devil of this world. And a lot of times when people in this life, and you may be here today, you can look back on your life and see that you've been headed down the wrong track. You've been headed for that track of destruction. Don't do it. Turn back. Run to God. Get to Him as fast as you can. Samson dishonored his parents. Samson deserted his promise. But number three, Samson distorted his purpose. Look at verse 10 through 14. In the book of Judges, chapter 14. 10 through 14. So his father went down unto the woman, and Samson made there a feast. For so used the young men to do. And it came to pass that when they saw him, that they brought thirty companions to be with him. And Samson said unto them, I will now put forth a riddle unto you, if you can certainly declare it with me, within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I'll give you thirty sheets and thirty chains of garments. 
But if you cannot declare it unto me, then shall you give me thirty sheets and thirty chains of garments. And they said unto him, Put forth thy riddle, that we may hear it. And he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. He's at a wedding, and all of the guests are Philistines. There he is again hanging with the wrong crowd. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20 tells us this. Listen real closely. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Folks, I want to be with godly people. I want to be with those that are living for the Lord. I want to be with those that will make a good impression or a good influence upon me. Maybe I can make a good influence upon them. I don't want to hang around with the sinful. I want to try to win them to the Lord, yes, but I don't want to be part of them. At times we have to go and witness to those that are in that situation. We're commanded to do that. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm not going to make them my personal companions. The riddle that Samson gave was based on his experience with the lion. And there's no way they could figure it out without knowing what he had been through. And what had done happen. Look what happens in verse 15 and 16. And it came to pass on the seventh day. That they said unto Samson's wife. Entice thy husband. That he may declare unto us the riddle. Lest we burn thee and thy father's house with fire. Have you called us to take that we have? Is it not so? And Samson's wife wept before him and said, Thou dost but hate me and lovest me not. Thou hast put forth a riddle unto the children of my people and hast not told it me. And he said unto her, Behold, I have not told it my father nor my mother. And shall I tell it to thee? And she wept before him the seven days while their feast lasted. And it came to pass on the seventh day that he told her because she lay sore upon him. And she told the riddle to the children of her people. Samson gave her the answer. They threatened her, threatened to burn her home down, her family's home down. That's when she turned on the tears. She began to cry. Lay sore upon Samson. And then in verse 17 she got her answer. Samson could stand before a mighty army. But not before a crying woman. Samson was beginning to fail even more. But don't you look at verse number 18 real quickly. And the men of the city said unto him on the seventh day before the sun went down... What is sweeter than honey? And what is stronger than a lion? And he said unto them, If ye had not plowed with my heifer, ye had not found out my riddle. Let me give you some good advice today. Don't you call your wife a heifer, because that's a bad mistake. And that's basically what Samson did. 
He said, you, if you hadn't have went and plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have known the answers. In other words, he said, if you hadn't have went and run your mouth to my wife, she wouldn't, you wouldn't have known it. You wouldn't have threatened her. You wouldn't have known the answer to the riddle. Just something to keep your marriage together. Don't call her a heifer. If you got a girlfriend, don't call her a heifer. Anybody know what a heifer is? Well, two of you. Come on now. Okay. That's a female cow, right? I hope I'm right. (laughs) Don't call your wife one of them. You'll be in big trouble. Notice most importantly though that Samson is playing games with the enemy. He's not fighting God's battles. He's fighting his own. He has distorted his purpose and America is no longer fighting their real enemy but fighting their own battles internally. Playing games with the enemy. Folks, God gives us good gifts and abilities to fight the enemy. We must not sell ourselves out too short and use them for the wrong purposes but we should use it for the glory of God and to defeat the devil Because He's going to try to defeat you. He's going to try to bring you down. He's going to try to destroy you. He's going to try to destroy your family. Don't go down that track. Stand tall. Don't let Him rule your life. Don't let Satan destroy you. Yeah, there's been times. Anybody that's pastored a long period of time, every one of them will tell you how many times they've resigned on Monday morning. How many times they've actually wrote their letter of resignation? (laughs) It's it. I'm done. But then it seems like God grabs a hold of you and begins to shake you and say, are you going to listen to the devil or are you going to listen to me? I'm here to tell you, Satan will destroy you. He'll pull you down to where you think you're nothing. Listen, our God is great and our God is faithful. He'll always be there with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But number four, are you listening? Samson defiled his purity. It keeps getting worse. Sin takes you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you plan to stay. And it'll cost you far more than you plan to pay. How the plot is beginning to thicken. Look at Judges 16, 1 through 4. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there a harlot and went in unto her. Men, let me tell you something. Let me give you some wonderful advice today. If it ain't your wife, don't be lusting after her. Somebody say amen right there. If it ain't your wife, don't be lusting after her. Them women ought to be saying amen right there. Yeah. yeah. Praise God. Thank you. Y'all still here with me, right? We're going somewhere. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw her, saw there a harlot and went unto her. And it was told the Gazites, saying, Samson is come hither. And they compassed him in and laid wait for him all night in the gates of the city and were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them. Bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of the hill that is before Hebron. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. 
Here we go again. It just seems to me like that Samson's looking for a trashy woman. Some of you rolling your eyes, but you know I'm telling the truth. Huh? Sometimes men can't help it, I guess, and they go looking for a trashy woman. You better help it. Your wife finds out. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all are separating in the pews as you sit. <laughs> Sin has a blind and a sensitizing effect. Listen to the scripture in Proverbs 3 through 5. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. The devil never shows us the end of the story. I've seen the end of the story. Not because I participated personally, but I've seen lives destroyed. Marriages are, are torn apart. Bible tells us these words, and you listen closely, men. I should have saved this for Father's Day, but the Lord wouldn't let me wait. Proverbs 6, 32 and 33. Listen close, men. But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. Verse 33, a wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. And a lot of you are thinking, yeah, to commit adultery, you have to be married. Yeah, that's true, because you go with the uh, opposite uh, uh, sex, and then you, then you go off and you uh, do your sinful things, and, 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 and all of a sudden uh, you got adultery, right? How many knows that's not the only kind of adultery listed in the Word of God there that we're speaking of? It's speaking of, uh, listen, the Bible tells you and I, if an individual, a man if you would, was to look upon a woman and lust after her with his eyes, uh, you have committed adultery already in your heart. Mm. One old preacher used to say, if I look one time, I'm admiring her beauty. If I look a second time, I'm lusting. That was his rule. That's how he interpreted it. Let me say this. Don't look one time to lust, men, because you'll be in trouble. Men are, are, are moved by the sight. Men are moved by what they see, Preacher Damon. A woman is moved not by sight, but by the caress of a touch. That's my wife or I wouldn't have done that. And I sure wasn't going to rub on your hairy arm. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Listen, folks. What comes in with... Listen. Be careful. Ladies, listen. I'm going I'm I'm to help you right here. Ladies, you be careful of that man sneaking up behind you in your desk and starts massaging your shoulders. Oh, I'm doing some good preaching. Y'all awful quiet. Oh, listen, you better be careful of that man that tries to get up under you and start rubbing your shoulders down a little bit because one thing will eventually lead to another. 
Well, what am I supposed to do, preacher? Turn around and slap his jaws. Amen. Yeah. I'll get fired. Get fired then. Then sue them for harassment. And then pay your tithes. Amen. Yeah. Men, if you got a problem with lust of the eyes, stay away from half-naked women. Amen. I'm preaching better than you sounding. I know this is kind of tough, but it's reality today. Amen. It's reality. But the consequences of those sexual sins begin to go on and on and on and on. But forgiveness is still possible. But the consequences continue. I received just this week, I was eating lunch with another pastor. You, most of you wouldn't know him if I mentioned his name. I was eating lunch with another pastor, Damon, and he got a text message while we were sitting there at the clock restaurant, and he showed me, and he said, Preacher, what would you do with this? I said, what? What are you talking about? It was a text message from another woman that was not his wife. Okay? And apparently they had all uh, agreed to meet up, him and his wife and some other folks were going to meet up for a particular event. And uh, this lady used to work for him. And she said, hey, I heard you was coming to this function. Can't wait to see you. Be ready for a big old hug. Now that sounds sweet and that sounds innocent. He said, preacher, what would you do with that? I said, don't go. Don't go. Then he started sharing with me some other things. And I said, look here. That's trouble waiting to happen. Trouble waiting to happen. Don't you do it. He said, well, sometimes when stuff like this happens, I tell my wife. I said, don't tell your wife. Just delete it. No harm. Look, there was no harm done. You know what I'm saying? There, 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 there was no harm done. And I'm not, I wouldn't be trying to conceal something or anything like that. But why stir up trouble when you wouldn't have to? She sent him a message. It really wasn't nothing very bad, but it looked like it may have had some bad intentions behind it. Even though his wife was going to be with him at the function, I said, man, just look, don't respond. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Folks, when that sin comes along, you can't hide it. He had done no sin. But you can't hide sin because... God will not prosper covered up sins. Number five, and we'll be done. Samson diluted his power. He's sitting in Delilah's hair salon. And she tries to learn the secret of his strength. And he toys with her telling her lies. Tie me with green whips. Tie my hair in locks. Notice he's getting closer and closer to the truth. And the devil just tries to get us to take small steps into his direction, you see. Finally, he caves in and tells her the truth. He breaks the final part of his Nazarite vow. Now it's too late. He's at the point of no return. His hair is cut. He has lost his power. Look at chapter 16 and verse 20. I promise you we're coming to a close. And he said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. 
And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he was not that the Lord was departed from him. What is so sad about that verse, preacher? Let me tell you. He lost his power and didn't even know it. Some of you here today don't even know how cold you've grown. How far, far away from God that you slowly become. If you don't believe you grow cold and get away from God, ask this Saturday night crowd, the very few that come in here. Ask them, do they think people get cold and move away from God? The great lesson of this book is that God would rather forgive you than judge you. Along the way, Samson made mistakes, but could have made them right and could have been restored. But he went all the way with sin. Sin binds, it blinds, and sin grinds and slowly grinds away at you. Even in the downfall of America, which we seem to be witnessing already in progress, there is hope. God would rather forgive us than judge us. I believe that. That's the kind of God He is. And if we insist on His judgment, there still could be victory in the tragedy. Multitudes could be saved. If we go through a mighty judgment, and God can still give great victory, but why go through that when you don't have to? I believe our nation's being judged today because of the babies that have been aborted. Millions upon millions. Church, it's time to realize and understand that there is a high cost for low living. There are things in a Christian's heart and mind and soul that they should completely avoid because it will destroy your life. It will destroy your marriage. It will destroy your home. I want you to stand as she comes and gives a song of invitation. And I want you to listen to me closely. You may say, preacher, I'm not in that situation. I'm not an adulterer and I don't dishonor my parents and I don't do this and I don't do that. Listen, don't let Satan blind you. You don't want to become one of those people either. What do you mean, preacher? Listen, Samson didn't know he was going backwards either. Maybe you just want to come and say, Lord, I'm trying my best, trying to do the best. And Lord, I pray that you'd keep my family safe. I pray that you'd continue to help us to serve you and serve you better and keep us away of the wiles of the devil and let us know and recognize the damage that Satan can bring forth to our families. Maybe you need to recognize it today. You may be here lost and undone. Maybe you've already fell into those traps. If that's the case, you need to come. God will save you. Lord, preacher, I've been saved. Just backslid on God out of His will. I've fallen into those traps, preacher. Oh, you need to come. God will forgive you. He'll grant it. Father, we love you. Thank you for Jesus. God, I pray that you'd move about in a special way. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to hearts. Strengthen our families this morning.
In Jesus' precious holy name we do ask and pray. Amen. And amen. You come if you've got a need today. Thank God.